Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to the, the Pemberley Podcast. So much has happened, Yolanda. So much to talk about. So much to do. So much to see. So much more than taking the back streets. I'm glad you caught on that reference right away because I honest I stopped there because I didn't know the words. I mean, I was very hesitant in continuing because I wasn't sure what the words were. It's because we all heard it when we saw Shrek. Exactly. Back in 2001. Exactly. I remember we had the VHS. <laughs> okay. And the box for the Shrek VHS was actually wider than the VHS itself. Mm. So like it was it was the kind where it slides out of the cardboard. Yeah, yeah. Not not the opening those book were kind. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Throwback to those of you who can remember this. <laughs> VHS. But I remember that they had to make a little bigger VHS thing to oh. have room for all the characters. Interesting. <laughs> Speaking was... of throwback. Oh. <laughs> oh, sorry, were you going to No, I was going to say excellent segue. <laughs> We interviewed Hank Green. Woohoo! And there may be more of you listening to this podcast as a result. (laughs) I hope that by the time people are listening to this podcast, it has grown into the tens of thousands (laughs) instead of the tens or the hundred. (laughs) Yeah. We're starting to like get a hundred listens in the first day. More than. Yeah. Like 101. (laughs) We... are popular like christian chenoweth yep and with an assist from me to be who you'll be instead of dreary who you were well are <laughs> we can't really sing it because we don't have that kind of yeah, music know, license for I'm money like, i'm like maybe you can't i can't <laughs> it was really awesome getting to talk to hank from the moment that i could see him in skype that's when i was like oh i'm not gonna be able to be cool calm and collected this entire time I feel like that whole time we were talking to him, because um, in sort of editing everything, we were, we both listened to it again, and I couldn't help, like, I was so glad that we got him to do most of the talking. Sure. Because we learned so many new things. Like, yeah. really, truly learned new things about the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, and how it was made, and how it came about, and all the things we didn't see. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't help but think in my head the whole time, like, okay, you can be weird around him, but not that weird. So... I had to, like, be a a professional weirdo. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, like, we try to show our enthusiasm, but I feel like if I were to, like, really act out how excited I was to meet him, and Um. we were basically in Montana. (laughs) We, I mean, you and I discussed, like, well, let's road trip up to Missoula, and... You were mainly gung-ho about that. I was mainly willing to do it. (laughs) You were like, let's go to Missoula. I'm like, it's really cold up there. We've got coats. We'll make it happen. You're gonna make it after all. <laughs> I'm not sure if Hank was just like really funny or we were really nervous, but I noticed we were kind of giggly the entire time. Oh God, I noticed that too. We were just giggling and we also said, aww, a lot. Just like, because I don't know, you can't talk about the Lizzie Bennet Diaries or his his newborn son, Orin, yeah. without referencing cuteness. And, yeah. and that's just how you and I react to cute. We're like, aww. But I thought it was funny. It became blatantly obvious at one point that he has not listened to the podcast. <laughs> Wait, what point? Uh, when... I mean, the beginning? Got... Or... No, 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 no. Like, it was actually towards the end. Okay. When, um... when he said he hasn't listened. Well, Here's the thing. I, I always thought there was the possibility he didn't, so I was really sure. glad that you and I introduced ourselves at yeah. the beginning. Otherwise, we'd just been like, oh, hey, Hank. And he's like, okay, 
stay calm. I mean, like, he never addressed One us. of these are Yolanda. <laughs> One of these are, yeah. So, um, but at the end, we were, I, I think I said something like, we, like, I was explaining the format, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'll have to give it a listen. And I was like, oh, you have no, and so I'm totally confident saying whatever I want about him not listening to it, because if he listens, he'll probably listen to the first episode. And nothing else. Yeah. I'm confident that he's not going to be like, ah, oh, these girls. Yeah, exactly. And we know also we, that we goofed on saying that he, his cameo was cut out. Oh my uh, gosh. By yeah. now we've corrected ourselves. But yes, he does appear in Q&A number five. And to our defense, Q&A five doesn't happen for a while. So in rewatching, we're not quite there yet. That's how I justify our mistake. No. And you know what? <laughs> I think it was like a waste to put Hank Green's cameo in a Q&A video? Come on, guy. Yeah, you know, way like, down the line. Really far after, like, Q&A didn't come until after we met Wickham, right? Exactly. Jeez. Wickham's in that Q&A. Ex- oh, right. I, like, didn't watch the whole thing. You know. <laughs> I, I was bad, too. We all we all are a little bit Hank sometimes. <laughs> That's what we're going to call pulling a Hank when you try and, like, when you're gung-ho about being a part of something you've never watched before. <laughs> Pulling a Hank. Oh, God. Yeah, I um but it's fine. He retweeted us yeah. and we're like more popular than we've ever been. That's all we could ask for. Yep. And we know this is a bit of old news, but Jillian, the photo. Yeah, let's address that. Um for those of you who follow Ashley Clements on any social, social media. Anything. <laughs> she tweeted, Instagrammed Facebook, Snapchat, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's possible. But an illustrious cast, it was a table read between her, M.K. Wiles, Laura Spencer, Julia Cho. I know, yeah. Julia Cho, well, I was going to say Julia Cho, our BFF. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) She's been to my apartment, you know. We have offered her a random assortment of snacks. (laughs) And Daniel Vincent Gord, Will Wheaton... Are we going to address the fact that Wesley Crusher of Star Trek The Next Generation, teen heartthrob of the early 90s, was in this Lizzie Bennet Diaries table read? I don't know the connection, but I also don't want to question it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, theoretically, Laura Spencer and Will Wheaton have both been on the Big Bang Theory. I don't, I haven't been, because I'm a good cord-cutting millennial and I haven't watched the Big Bang Theory in years but they've both been on the big bang theory i don't know if they've been on an episode together but that could be the connection they could also just know each other from being around we also saw brendan bradley from frankenstein md so and lots of pemberley digital alum yes yes and a few missing but oh and uh jessica jade andrus was also there <laughs> along with shanae persaud yeah who was um, also there we don't know who she was reading for i'm, I'm kind of guessing maybe she was reading for Gigi. Maybe. I've heard that a good tactic of getting information out of people is by feeding them incorrect information and they'll feel the need to correct you. So like if I were Ooh. so if I were like meeting you for the first time and trying to pump you for information, I'd be like, Oh hey, Yolanda Rugrat and you're like, It's Yolanda Rodriguez. <laughs> 
I picked a very basic example. Like, but Rugrat, all right. You were like, that's, uh, I can't, I went with an R word. Got that it. was going through my head. Anyway. So we could just email Ashley Clements and be like, so we heard you didn't actually write it. And then she would respond with the PDF of the script. She's like, Art, no, of course I wrote it. And here's the PDF. And here's everyone who I've gotten to sign on so far. And <laughs> yeah. And if you want to help, you can also join the team. And if you want a cameo, kind of like... Yeah, oh, so we didn't even... Wait, we didn't even get to the part of this table read was for a script written by Ashley Clements called Lizzie Bennett's Wedding, or the Lizzie Bennett Wedding. The Lizzie Bennett Wedding with the tagline, From Vlogs to Vows. Aww, can't wait. What's it about, we wonder? (laughs) Well, much like the Lizzie Bennett Diaries itself... We all know what it's about. Mm -hmm. We just don't know how it's going to happen. So we are waiting with bated breath, just like the rest of you. Again, thank you to all the new people who have been reaching out or tweeting us or emailing us. And I want to give a special shout out to DuckyLucky29, who left us a nice, very sweet review on iTunes. So thank you so much for that review. And as always, if you'd like to leave us a review on iTunes... Find us by searching the Pemberley podcast, and we would really appreciate it. Yeah, and if you leave us a review, we'll say your name here on the podcast, and hundreds of people will hear what your name sounds like. (laughs) Exactly. Normally, I'd say something like, let's jump right in, but we spent so much time catching up. Let's ease our way (laughs) in, if you will. Let's slowly dip our toes and then ankles and the rest of our body in the rest of what is episode 29, Ethics of Seeing Bing, written by Anne Toole. This has been really the episode that we've kind of been waiting for because it brings up all of those questions that you have, that we have had in rewatching as viewers. How is Lizzie getting away with showing all of these people on her vlogs? I don't get where Lizzie's coming from here. Yeah. Because, first of all, she's got a vlog for all of the internet to see called The Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Mm -hmm. She doesn't change any names. She rants against people. And then she's trying to hide it by living with these people and recording these scathing videos with door open that's the thing like if you're going to do that close your door like i'm sure you are separate enough from them like they have to travel and walk a ways to get to your room because i'm sure they could hear you and they're like oh lizzie's up so let's just go over there and see what she's up to and then you walk in on her and she's recording a video like how many letters to charlotte can she possibly record but she's super sketchy because bing is coming in and she's like what did you hear she's like Her eyes are getting big. She's turning her whole body and she's, what did you hear? Like, that's the most suspicious thing you could, like, it's like walking in and two people and you're like, hey guys, what did you see? Exactly. What? What do you mean, what did I see? Like, Bing has the worst response. He's just like, oh, nothing. Moving on. (laughs) Like, if I were me, like, wait, what? What are you, what are you talking about? Maybe he's a liar. Maybe he heard everything (laughs) And this puppy dog thing is a facade. Yeah, he could just be, like, trying to be polite and, like, all right, she's weird. I know I love her sister, but I'm going to have to put up with her weird sister. So. Lizzie is, like, the Lydia of this household. Like, stupid, she's just being her freaking self again. I can't (laughs) handle her. (laughs) 
but Lizzie poses that question of like, did she cross a line in showing Bing? You know, that footage that Jane was recording for private reasons to show to Charlotte and Bing happened to walk in. So yes, she crossed a line, <laughs> but for the narrative purposes, like we're happy to see Bing, of course. I know, and it's so nuts because Lizzie did something wrong. It's great that she acknowledges that she did something wrong. And she's questioning the ethics and she's looking for validation from other people. Yeah. She's going she's trying to get a hold of Charlotte while <laughs> holding her cell phone as far away from her face as humanly possible. I feel like we're we're not doing the right thing here. We must be violating some code or law or religion or I I don't know, just, just Call me. So because she doesn't have Charlotte as the voice of reason, she's thinking, hmm, who could be my voice of reason? <gasps> Caroline, who we can tell from body language and the book is up to no good. Yeah, my reaction to that was, Caroline, you evil beauty queen. Like, <laughs> I was like She has a plan and she's executing it just to all of her evil specifications and she's gonna take Lizzie down and she's got all the videos to prove it. I don't know what her end game is though because she is, she very much wants Lizzie to stay in her home. She wants her to keep recording these videos about her sister and her brother's relationship and about her negative opinions about Darcy, but I suppose, you know, if you go through the comments and if you were to sort of think of a straightforward path, you would think, oh, she's trying to get, she's egging Lizzie on. She's basically gaslighting Lizzie. She's like, <laughs> she's basically making her think everything is going to be okay by speaking her mind. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the only obvious solution that we could see at the end of this was that she shows the videos to Bing and to Darcy and she says, see, this girl is a liar. We let her into our life. But... <laughs> Here's what I don't get. Caroline is in these videos. Like, yeah. we can see her poking the hornet's nest that is Lizzie Bennet's temper. Yeah. What's the end game? Like, you're going to come off looking bad, too. Maybe she would, like, download them and edit them herself to cut herself <laughs> out and be like, so she's showing her this video, showing, like, being this video, like, is this wrong? Cut to the end. <laughs> nah, keep it in. And so they're like, what? This Lizzie's a monster. <laughs> Who knows what her evil scheme is? Well, the reason Bing even walks into Lizzie's room is to check with Lizzie. Hey, what movie do you think Jane would like? Real quick, do you think Jane would like this movie? Uh, Jane's afraid of zombies. Or this one. Period romance. Good call. I don't know if he just, like, doesn't know Jane super well, <laughs> or he was just, like... Maybe she likes this zombie Maybe movie. she likes zombies. But that was super sweet of him to, one, check in with his... Well, I think maybe it was a, more of an excuse to check in with Lizzie. Be mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, just check in with her. You know, she's kind of secluded in her room avoiding Darcy. <laughs> just want to, like, talk to her and get her opinion about this thing. But then he's also going to, like, go out and buy this movie. Yeah, I mean, one thing you can say about Bing is he's not like Darcy and Caroline in the fact that he's very inclusive, yeah. To other people. He, mm -hmm. he wants to, like, he's got the girl of his dreams living under his roof, and he's still trying to bring the sister in to watch movies yeah. and join them for dinner and, like, stuff like that. And then he's going to go out and buy a DVD. Do you know the last time I went out to a store and bought a DVD? It actually happened to be this Christmas because my oh. mom wanted <laughs> a few 
my parents don't understand the concept of like streaming and like, sure. but, but you know, for myself, yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> but he he was going to buy this and bring it back, and then it turns out they had it in their DVD library back yes. when we had those. The co- their collection, the collection, which I imagine a Beauty and the Beast type of room, just like DVDs filled to the walls. I'm like, I'm sure there's books in there too, but like DVDs <laughs> and everything in there. Oh yeah. Um, Lizzie has a line of saying, you, you're going to walk into a store and buy that movie. They might revoke your man card. Don't tell Darcy. Which I thought was a little surprising of Lizzie to say. I, I mean, I guess it's one of those lines that you kind of become more aware of now that we're a little older and now that yeah. like, we look back on it. More socially aware. Yeah. And it was one of those things like I didn't even think about when I first watched it. But it's like, whoa. Come on, Lizzie. Men can like period romances, too. And plus, it doesn't even sound like he was buying anything for himself. It was all for Jane. Yeah. If I saw a total dreamboat like Christopher Sean buying a period drama at my store and on the cashier, I wouldn't think he's weird. I'd think, where's his girlfriend so I can take her place? (laughs) (laughs) Take her down. Um. There's also a bit of costume theater in this episode. Very weird costume theater. Kind of. Oh, we should probably bring up the fact uh, that there is a Blog Brothers reference in this video because in addition to a period romance, Bing has a puppy-sized elephant for his beloved Jane. I hope that was on purpose. It had to have been. Yeah, I mean, like, it seems oh, like... That should have been something we asked Hank. <laughs> not I that, know. Not that I don't think Clearly he would have known. Clearly we rewatched the whole series yeah. so that we're like, okay, now that we've asked you the general questions, we've got a few specifics that we need to bring to your attention. A few specific things from five years ago that you may not remember. Yeah, and, like, but... you didn't write any of the episodes, Yeah. But... <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like a whole claw machine in that room. Just yeah. filled with stuffed animals. But yeah. anyway... Lizzie, when she's when she's taking her ethical dilemma to Caroline, the worst person to bring an ethical ethical dilemma to, she makes the little puppy-sized elephant play Bing, who says, "I don't know Charlotte very well, so I can't kill her. And Caroline's my sister, so she gets a pass. But I trusted you, Lizzie, and now I must harm you with my scary surgical tools." I think Caroline's reaction to Lizzie doing costume theater is like how I think any stranger would react to to seeing this if they walked in. Like, imagine if Bing had walked in right then and there. That would have been way more awkward, and Caroline would have had to have explained that. Or, like, left, and Lizzie would have been stuck there holding an elephant and, like, attacking her. Yeah. (laughs) You know what's interesting about this costume theater? I think this is our... uh, Maybe not our first, but it's our second Bing-related hypothetical costume theater. Everything else that she uses costume theater for is recreating a scenario for the audience's benefit. Because in the novel, we get to see everything happen. Mm -hmm. But with the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, you know, we talked about this a long time ago, we have to take Lizzie's word for it. And it may not even necessarily be how it actually went down. It's her interpretation of it. Yeah. However, earlier when Jane didn't come home that night and whatnot, she recreates the imagined scenario between Bing and Jane's conversation. And we see a very different Bing in this scenario where he is out to kill Lizzie 
for putting his image on the internet so that women, at least he hopes it's women, are emailing him about his love life, claim, uh, saying that they will have his child. And Caroline immediately dismisses that, like, just like I mean, right yeah. off the bat, like, have you met my brother? <laughs> like, there's no way he would ever even harm you. And she has that line of the spider. When he sees a spider in the house, he catches it unharmed and releases it into the rose garden. He probably gives it a checkup and a lollipop before letting it go. Again, we're seeing the contrast between the Lee siblings and like <laughs> yeah. how they treat. I'm sure Caroline is the type of person like I would be to like immediately kill the spider. She's a and, spider murderer. Yeah. I mean, like so only. Okay. It depends on my mood. Exactly. <laughs> I'm usually not in the... I mean, usually they're up high. I can't like catch a spider in a jar no. if it's in the corner and I've got to stand on my bed to get, you know? I don't the, put that much effort into the that. The broom can reach that corner. Yeah. <laughs> but then what if it, like, falls through and, like, it might land on you? Ooh, that's exactly. Happened. There's risks, people. There's risks. There's a lot of risks. We risk our lives every day. Going into episode 30 now, Ticking Clock, also written by Anne Toole. This episode is kind of back to the Darcy bashing. Oh, yeah. Which we haven't had in a while. Yeah, I mean, there was a really long period of time where this might as well have been called the Darcy Bashing Diaries. Yes. <laughs> and, you, you know, even for as long as Lizzie's been, because this is end of week two, you know, they're only supposed to be at Netherfield for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, at the beginning of this episode, Lizzie is anxiously waiting for her mom to call and say, the house is done getting remodeled, which I just thought of this. I find it very interesting that we went from Mrs. Bennett doing her grocery shopping at four o'clock in the morning because she's ashamed to be caught using coupons to renovating the house. I don't know if you watch the DIY network, but remodeling your house costs an awful lot of money. I think it could be one of those things where she could have just said, we have to renovate and there's no one renovating in their house. She could be that devious and completely making up this whole renovation plan, they could come home and be like, there's different curtains. She's like, yep, the renovation's done. <laughs> so that that could be the entire renovation plan. And they're like, nothing's really changed. Like, they did a great job. That's exactly. devious because the whole point of moving out when you're renovating is like heavy construction is yeah, happening. Yeah, you're out of the way of all the people working there. Oh gosh, that's that would be diabolical if... Mrs. Bennett didn't, like, like, oh, didn't you notice there's new knobs on the cabinet? Exactly. Like, she probably changed one little thing I in bought, every room. I bought some rugs exactly. <laughs> just to lay down. Not the kind that needs to be installed. Oh, that'd be hilarious. But Lizzie's anxious to go back home, back to her crappy life <laughs> of doing nothing and studying. And instead, she's living under the same roof as Darcy, which is very difficult. And we're back to the Darcy bashing diaries. But we get, this episode addresses... A key point in the novel, which is Darcy's infamous list, like what he mm-hmm. think really makes an accomplished woman. Yeah, and it comes through in the form of a game show that Lizzie has created called Darcy Scrutiny or Darcy. I love the way she said that. Darcy. I think Caroline thought she was going to get to finally participate in costume theater and she got a little excited and then her dreams got crushed yeah. because it was a game show. But Caroline was like, really felt like really trying hard to pretend to be Lizzie's best friend throughout this entire video, probably throughout her entire stay at Netherfield. (sighs) But I feel like the cracks are starting to show of how annoyed she is of Lizzie and like, you're so weird. Get out of my house. I can't (laughs) deal with you anymore. But she's like really like trying to maintain control of the whole situation. Mm. So she plays along with this game. As much as I feel like she should want, because theoretically, 
I mean, not even theoretically. Lizzie is her competition. Here's, like, here's the thing. We keep hearing, or we're about to hear, like, Darcy, he, she keeps running into him in the hallways, even though it's a huge house. Mm-hmm. I think that Caroline sees through this. Like, Darcy doesn't ever go out of his way to run into her. Like, he, she knows that he has been eyeing Lizzie for a long time. She mm-hmm. knows he's got a crush, and that means that she needs to crush Lizzie, but I don't understand why she wants her in the house because I get she can't really she thinks she can control the situation, but she really can't. I think that she's just trying to understand why, mm-hmm. like kind of getting to know getting to know your enemy, keeping your enemies close. Oh, yeah. She's trying to understand what it is about Lizzie that makes her so attractive to Darcy because Caroline, as we'll uh, mention in the accomplished woman list. She kind of checks off all of those things and she feels like, yeah, I'm, I should technically be the perfect match for Darcy. Yeah. But this other, I don't Nobody know. townie. <laughs> yeah, this other, like, no one just, like, is taking the affection of someone she really loves. Right. I mean, let's take a look at this list. What makes an accomplished woman? Can tip a waiter, goes to the gym twice a week, selective, courteous, well-read, of course, at least an advanced college degree an appreciation for arts that does not include Hollywood movies or popular music, physically fit, fluent in more than one language, up-to-date on current affairs, fiscally responsible, a charitable nature, a talent for something other than watching reality television. It's a lot of things. And I feel like, I don't know, like I'm looking at this list and I'm thinking about every woman I know. I don't know if everyone checks every one of these you know no because i mean we all have our guilty pleasures we all watch the bachelor every now and then we all stay <laughs> up watching the bachelor i mean looking at this list i'm sure like we cross off a few of these yeah but it's difficult for one person to cross off every single one of these i think it also comes with like maturity and growing up and like you kind of get to these things eventually but as a young person who has the time who has the okay so can tip a waiter literally anyone can tip yeah, a anyone waiter. can tip a waiter check goes to the gym twice a week listen absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> selective i'm very indecisive so that's i mean but i guess it's more selective with your friends selective with i feel like it's general things very it's a very general term so i'm selective with some yeah like with like friends and and things that are very important what movies you watch i but, guess but like, if we're meaning like selective with like your diet absolutely not no yeah <laughs> Uh, courteous. Anyone can be courteous. I like to think that my mom raised me to be courteous. <laughs> well read. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can read books, read magazines, whatever. Check. At least in an advanced college degree. I've got a college degree. You too. Appreciation for the arts that does not include Hollywood movies. Well, I fail there, so. Well, does this mean that you cannot like Hollywood movies or you have to appreciate art outside of Hollywood movies. Because I, I appreciate, mean, I like going to the theater. Sure. I've been to the ballet. Yeah, like, I've been to the ballet, like, maybe ten years ago. So, like, <laughs> I appreciate the arts past tense, I guess. I remember in Girl Scouts, they took us to see the Nutcracker. Oh, so, yeah. I check that box. Yeah. Physically fit. That's pretty general also. Yeah. I don't go to the gym twice a week. Fluent in more than one language. You are. I am. <laughs> you can speak Spanish. I I mean, I, I took French for five years. There you go. In, in school. Yeah. I wouldn't call myself fluent, but 
I get stuff. I, I'm much better at speaking with the accent than I am understanding. But, you know, it's chill. Up to date on current affairs. We all have Twitter. <laughs> Shop, check. <laughs> Fiscally responsible. I'm good at living below my means. <laughs> there you go. I don't have, like... A 401k or... Yeah, sure. Whatever. A charitable nature. I tip my Starbucks barista every now and then. Sure. Same. Uh, a talent for something other than watching reality television. Sure. I mean, like, just because I'm talented at live tweeting The Bachelor, <laughs> like, I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> sure. But um, we have a podcast that makes us yeah. talented in something else. It's, it's a lot to live up to, and... Lizzie does ask Caroline, so who lives up to these standards? And she's about to say, well, Gigi, which has been the first mention of a new character. Georgiana Darcy. Of Darcy's sister, which who exists in this world, thankfully. I like that they call her Gigi, because it reminds me of the movie. Gigi would be someone that fits this list. I'm sure Caroline is someone who fits this list or checks off all the boxes. Or at least thinks she does. Yeah, and... Lizzie, though, rudely cuts her off and says, like, how many women actually fit Darcy's profile of perfect womanhood? Well, his sister, her woman. I'm sorry, but if you at home said none, you win! Thanks for playing. But I, I think it's funny how at the end of this whole list, Caroline goes, wow, you have a really good memory. And Lizzie goes, I forget nothing. Which, does that sound like a certain other Bennett sister who got Mr. Wuddles or whatever the pony's Waffles. name was? Waffles. <laughs> Not Waffles. 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 She's like, I forget nothing. No one forgets anything in this whole freaking story. <laughs> They've got the best memory. Oh, yeah. Ever, anyone. anyone. Yeah. Again, we see Caroline sort of having to put up with Lizzie. And Lizzie kind of goes on and on of, uh, with the Darcy bashing of like, Darcy's the worst, right? And Caroline sort of kind of has to justify like Darcy or like because she's known him for so long. That's why she she's learned to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. Lizzie just came off as just quite rude because yeah. like you have to take in the fact that yes they've been family friends for a long time this is someone part of who is like a big part of caroline's life and she's just like he's the worst i'm like where are your manners come on <laughs> no yeah i mean why do you think caroline is so into darcy i think it's just the way they were raised where like maybe even her parents have like fed her that idea of like one day you will grow up and Darcy will be, you know, our two families will join together and we'll, like, own this whole empire and, like, <laughs> everything. It's like Dr. Zhivago. I don't know if you know that, but, like, he was, like, taken in by this wealthy family. Hmm. And even though he was, like, kind of raised as their son, he, like, wasn't related. So they were like, so you're going to marry our daughter uh, okay. one day. I don't know yeah. if it's like that. Or, you know, like, Caroline can be very manipulative and very controlling. But... I gotta say, she is doing it in the name of love. This whole her trying to control every situation has everything to do with protecting her brother and her family. Yeah. So she is very family oriented. And it's just your life sucks if you are not a friend of the Lee family. Yeah. She's very protective of her life, of her lifestyle. And she just shows it in a very different way than many people would. Yeah, and even though we haven't met Darcy yet, I think in a lot of ways he represents the kind of world that she 
has grown up with and loves. I mean, he also is very proud and very family oriented. They both love Bang a whole lot and they want to protect his little puppy dog heart and they, they want to run in certain circles and they mm-hmm. want to make bringing a significant other into their lives an easy transition for everyone. Like they don't just think I'm in love. I have to have this one person. It's yeah. They're very calculated about what they look for in a partner. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure Caroline has a list. We don't know what it is, but I'm sure everything on it has to do with Darcy. Exactly. Money. It's just Darcy, 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 like, Darcy. That's her list. <laughs> this is Caroline Darcy. <laughs> that doesn't sound yeah. right. Caroline Darcy. I don't like it. I'm sure she loves it. <laughs> I'm sure she's doodled it on her notebook a time or two. I guess we'll see where that goes. Let's jump into comments. For episode 29, first comment is by Julia, who says, Yay! with the number one. Which I think she meant to press shift, and she was too excited to be the first comment, so she did that instead. I think you think you know an awful lot about what was happening in Julia's <laughs> mind at the time. We've mm. all accidentally forgotten to press <laughs> shift, okay? Yes. To Victory 7 says, I think I may have an idea about how this may go. Considering that Darcy makes Mr. Bingley leave Jane in the book because of her family, what if Darcy finds these videos and it's because of this that Darcy makes Bing leave? And then Lizzie carries on these videos in spite of Darcy and Bing and... I don't know after that. (laughs) Yes. This person had a theory. They were going with it, but then they abruptly stopped because that's where their theory ended. No, I think Two Victory 7 was on a really good track and then hit the end and was like, "Eh, I don't know how to solve this. (laughs) Paper Star Jar says, I'm calling it right now. Caroline is letting this happen now, so later she can use this against Jane and Lizzie. Caroline is devious, and I know she's up to something. Well, we all know that she's up to something. I think it's interesting that she would use it against Jane. I mean, I could definitely see against Lizzie, but against Jane, it's a little bit tougher. I guess she's like letting her sister do this, but it's not really her project. So she has no say in it. We'll see. Aluminum Chip says, just tell him. Tell him now. Seriously, I feel like Bing is the type of person who would understand if you were honest about your intentions. It's better that he hear it from you than Caroline, who most certainly has an ulterior motive. Not that it matters, since these episodes are probably already written. Yeah, Lizzie kind of debates whether or not she's going to tell Bing herself, or take down the video, or talk to someone else, or talk to Charlotte. She gets this great advice from Aluminum Chip to tell Bing, which she should have, but chose not to. If she had asked for my advice, I would have told her that. I would have been like, just tell him. Say, I put this on here and I feel bad. Is it okay if I put your image on there? I'll let you know every time we do it. But then he'd see the whole video vlog. Yeah. And so many cards would fall. Notbox says, did you ever go on a date with George? I know you guys were texting. He just seemed like such a gentleman. We haven't heard about Wickham since... He showed up in town and we didn't see him. I'm glad that uh, Notbox brought this up. I myself would like to know what's happening with dear George Wickham. Oh, looky here. Look at this next comment by Yolanda. I'll do my best Yolanda impression. Okay. Lizzie, close your door. That's all. Great video. Smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I have the same comments today, years later. (laughs) Nope, yep, I think it's... Close your door! (laughs) Clearly you were paying attention. Yes. Going to episode 30, first comment by Editing Practice, who said, (laughs) Mwahahaha. Very evil first comment. Oh yeah. 
Maya Baker says, in this book, she and Lizzie hate each other. They're never even halfway to being friends. Caroline exploits her to show off in front of Darcy. She's snobby. She's rude. She's materialistic. She's different here. I'm not sure what angle they're going for yet. It's more of like that mean girl root of being more manipulative and secretive with her tactics of trying to like befriend Lizzie and then take her down. Yep. We can't see how two-faced Caroline is in the same way we can see it in the novel. Yeah. But we we can tell just based on her behavior. Cell says, I hope the walls at Netherfield aren't thin. That game show segment seemed awfully loud. I don't trust Caroline. It's not just the book character that makes me nervous. She reminds me of one of those popular girls in high school who give you the once over a glance to quickly assess not only your style, but also whether they can use you for their own gain. The actress playing her, in other words, is phenomenal and fits right in with this fantastic cast. Yes, Jessica Jane Andrus is amazing as Caroline. She's pretty friggin' fantastic. Michael Giacchetti says, I almost feel bad for Caroline because of how much of a crappy person Lizzie's being. I get that he's being antisocial, but Lizzie's kind of laying it thick. Like, 15 episodes thick. You could have a montage for how thick she's making it. I'm glad that Michael is pointing this out, because here we are, episode 30. 30% through the story. It's a nice even number. 15 episodes. Half of the video blogs that are allegedly about her life are all about hating Darcy. Hating Darcy and also Bing and Jane's relationship. So really, like, maybe two of those videos are about her (laughs) out of, like, all of it. She does lay it thick. She she doesn't cut Darcy any slack. No. She's not a slack cutter. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ThePemberley. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash ThePemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley, or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.